Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Last Line Soccer Podcast presented to you by Prom Focus Goalkeeping and the Beautiful Game Network. We want to take some time real quick before I introduce our special guest today to thank our sponsors for everything they do for us. Prime Focus Goalkeeping is a brand dedicated to bringing goalkeepers of all ages top quality gloves and apparel, as well as educational goalkeeping content via our social media pages at Prime Focus GK and YouTube channel, the Prime Focus Goalkeeping channel, as well as plenty of interviews on our blog, which you can check out on our website at www.primefocusgoalkeeping.com. We also need to thank the Beautiful Game Network for giving us a platform to reach more of us soccer fans and talk with more great soccer minds. So check out their website, www.bgn.fm, for more great podcasts and written content. Now, today, we have one of those great soccer minds uh, on our podcast with us today, and very excited to talk to him and and have you guys hear what he has to say about goalkeeping, uh, coaching, playing, all the things that have gone on in his career. So I want to introduce you guys to the OKC Energy goalkeeper, Cody Lorendi. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Brandon, thank you for having me, man. I'm very excited to talk to you. If Now, we haven't, I mean, I, th- I think we've have you played against each other? We've played against each other at least once. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure we. I'm sure we have. Um, um, but at we some point, I couldn't. Yeah, we haven't officially like sat down and talked ever. But I've heard from multiple people around the league, uh, multiple people that we know in common, that you're a great soccer mind and just an overall great person to talk to to get to know. So I figured, who better to have on our podcast than? Uh, OKC folk hero himself. So thanks for coming on, man. Thank thank you for the time, and I appreciate the kind words. And and I've also heard the same about you. So hopefully in the future we'll be able to to link up and uh, and have some cool experiences. Of course, of course. So I want to start out. I want to talk about myriad soccer training. Um, cool. So. Give me a little bit of background about that, how you guys got that started, because you started that up with uh, Sean McLaws, is it correct? Correct, yeah. So um, I can't take credit for, for what Sean has created, um, along with uh, a guy by the name of Mike Malay. Um, Sean, Sean created uh, Myriad Soccer probably about a year or two ago, and uh, since he, he then signed with OKC this past season, um, you know, him and I became very close. He is he's a personality and just an overall person that I really enjoy spending time with and hanging out with, not, not just talking soccer or anything like that, but just, uh, enjoying his company. And, uh, we kind of turned that into, uh, not just me coaching because I do a lot of it in the community, but, um, joining, joining forces with him and myriad soccer, uh, and kind of, combining my knowledge as, uh, with the goalkeeping position and his knowledge as uh, as a field player into into one big uh, collaboration if you will so it's interesting um, as you said like you you enjoy generally being around Sean just not 
not just for the soccer aspect, but for the person that he is and what he brings to you off the field as well. And I think that's, I found in my business aspirations and the the things that I've done over the past couple of years, I've noticed that it's a lot more enjoyable. It's a lot easier to get things done when you're around people that you enjoy and and you're around people who are like-minded and have the same aspirations, same goals, same work ethic as you. So I think that's huge in order to build something successful, which I think you guys are doing from, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of knowledge of it but what i've seen from social media has been impressive and and what you guys do not just for the players on the field but helping to build their confidence off the field i think that's huge that's massive you talked about building relationships in the community and coaching in the community i think that's one of the big ways one of the best ways to reach out to a lot of these young goalkeepers is to get on to community and actually have contact with them one-on-one group sessions things like that yeah without a doubt i think um going back to just spending time with one another off the field. Um, he, his character traits uh, are something that I, I value. And like you said, it's a lot easier to, to get things done, to accomplish things with people who share, uh, who are like-minded and um, they have good energy, uh, good energy about them. So Sean is definitely somebody that I value very high, highly. And uh, once he, he came to me and he approached me with the opportunity, I, I jumped on it. So what is this kind of like the, the goal for Myriad? You guys want to build into a larger uh, training atmosphere where you guys work with uh, teams, you work with a lot of small groups. What What is the kind of the brain trust behind it? Yeah, so we started off the beginning of the season. We were running weekend clinics on Sundays, and we actually started off you know very unbelievable, and we're able to grow it uh, to close to 20, 25 kids at any time uh, now. Um, and uh, our whole vision is, you know, obviously the, the, the soccer knowledge is one thing, but we have we're, we have the ability to impact uh, a, a child in a way where at a point in their life, whether they be, uh, whether they're eight years old or 18 years old, um, we can positively affect them uh, by filling them with confidence by uh, showing them that, hey, when I was your age, we were just as vulnerable. We were just as unsure of ourselves. Um, but, you know, with, with and obviously soccer is the, is the tool that we use, but we like to think of it, it's, it's, a deeper, uh, it's a deeper meaning behind it than just, you know, playing games. It's, it's building self-confidence. It's building beliefs. It's, it's trusting your instincts at a, at an age where it's it's difficult and, and people don't and young kids really don't know who they are or, or um, you know they they have external pressures whether it be from their home life or from their friends and we we like to build an environment where they not only enjoy coming for for the soccer uh, side of it but that they're willing to ask questions and they're they're open to ask questions and they're they're comfortable uh, being themselves around us because. We feel that it's the, the environment uh, that we have created is, is most conducive to not only success on the field, but success in everyday life. And I think what you said there is, is huge because I, I do a lot of coaching in the community as well. Uh, when you pointed out that they need to be comfortable, and I think that's huge even at, or even more specifically at a younger age, they have to be comfortable with you in order to open up and kind of be who they are as a person so that their personality can show through on the on the field as well. And I feel like that's the easiest way for them 
to, to actually develop as a goalkeeper is when they're more comfortable with you and they understand who you are and that you genuinely care about them getting better as a goalkeeper, as a person. And that relationship is huge. So I, I, I understand what you're saying there. And I think that's great. You guys are, from what I've seen in the videos and, and the stuff on social media, it looks like you guys are creating an environment where people want to come and they want to not only train just because you guys are professional goalkeepers, but you're putting out a quality uh, product. And and I think that's great. And I love what you guys are doing. And I also wanted to applaud you guys because I've seen some of the videos on social media and the quality is just amazing. So, uh, you know, hats off to, the, to you guys for that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. I think, um, uh, I, I, I think that, um, getting back to just the feel, uh, above all, you know, we have, uh, we have the same, the most of the kids that we coach are the ones that come out to watch us play on the weekend and how I, uh, I equated is, you know, the same hands that I volley, uh, you know, a soccer ball into on a Wednesday are the same high fives that I give post game on a Saturday night. Um, so the feel of being a part of something, of spending time, something that is everybody's biggest commodity because we can't get time back. Um, that, I, I think, is what has resonated uh, above all um, with this endeavor. And uh, I can't speak highly enough of, uh, of the people, the parents who put their trust into us uh, to guide their, their son or daughter. Uh, so again, very, very appreciative of, of what um, of the, the opportunity that Sean has afforded me uh, to, to grow uh, you know, not just as a coach, but as a person. Yeah, I don't think you can really measure how much of an impact you have on a kid's life simply by working with them for an hour and then, like you said, seeing them on the weekend and, you know, just going over and high five and saying, thanks for coming to my game, you know. I appreciate right. the support from my young goalkeepers and they appreciate when I spend that hour with them helping them get better as a goalkeeper. So I, I totally agree with what you're saying there. So one thing I've noticed since I've started working with younger goalkeepers is that it's a bit hard for me at times to go from training in a professional environment where expectations are obviously at a professional level to going to a training session later that night working with younger goalkeepers and they don't quite have that mentality yet of a professional obviously they're maybe eight nine ten years old and their focus isn't every rep every single time it's more so having fun with their friends so how do you manage the, your expectations going into a training session so that you're not getting frustrated along with the goalkeeper that's an excellent question. I think every uh, initial session that I have with with a new goalkeeper, I bring I bring them, I bring their parents into it, and I uh, I'm honest with them, and I say, listen, my coaching style um, is one that I will fill you full of of positivity, and um, I will not berate you, I will not make you feel bad. So we get that out of the way immediately. But then I do also let them know that, listen, if you show me that you are capable of a very high level, whatever that level is, and you drop below that level for whatever reason, then I will let that you know, young boy or girl know it because their parents are you know, out there willing to spend the time, spend the extra money, and because those parents believe in their child. So... Break it down 
to them is that is that most kids respond well to that. And I, you know, I always ask, is, is that acceptable? Is that okay? Yes. And, and like I said, most of the time, most all the time, they, they say yes. And I think they, they, they like that. You know, I, I I'm sure as, as you have grown up with uh, coaches who they make you feel less than or inadequate. And um, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that being the best way to, uh, implement growth to uh, to a growing mind. So while I do enforce positivity and uh, and let them know how great they are, at the same time, if they drop below a standard that I know that they are capable of, I'm going to let them know. Yeah, I think I'm I'm similar in in my approach a bit in that. I've always told my goalkeepers I'm going to it's something I heard when I was younger um it always stuck with me like I'm always going to be the first one to tell you when you did something right but on the mm-hmm. flip side I'm always going to be the first one to tell you when you did something wrong and I'm always going to be honest with you because if I can't be honest with you then we can't really build a relationship where I'm helping you grow as a goalkeeper I'm basically exactly. lying to you and then, and I don't want to do that I want to be positive with you and I'm, I'm more more than likely going to be positive with you a majority of the time i'm not a big fan of pointing out mistakes consistently a lot of my times my goalkeepers know when they make a mistake because i've said it before and they understand what i'm saying so they understand right. as a goalkeeper they're making a mistake i don't feel like in any environment in a in a youth environment, a college environment, a professional environment, a goalkeeper coach needs to point out every single time you make a mistake. But if you have the right relationship with the goalkeeper coach, then in time, at certain moments when things are continuing to go wrong, you can start pointing out those mistakes and talking with them so they understand what's going on, why it's going wrong, and how can we fix it. But if you don't have that good relationship with the goalkeeper where they understand how you are as a goalkeeper coach and what you expect, I feel like the relationship and the growth just isn't going to be there. Right. Absolutely. So in how long have you been working with youth goalkeepers? Um, that's a good question. I, probably about five years. Okay. And do you notice yourself in... I guess in training with your professional team, do you notice that that coaching side of you comes out more uh, now that you've been working with youth goalkeepers a little more and you analyze their game? Do you analyze your your game a bit more? Yeah, actually, that's a that's a great question as well. Um, empathy is probably the, the the biggest thing that that I've learned over the past four or five years, and, and that I've taken from coaching the youth into into just my my own game and my own training sessions. Um, it, for the longest time, I, I thought it was, you know, my, the defenders in front of me have to, have to know me, have to understand, you know, um, my tendencies and everything like that. Now I flipped it to where I have to understand my defenders and my midfielders and my forwards. Um, and that change, um, that started coaching from, from coaching the kids. I've found very beneficial in my own game. So it's not them having to learn me. It's me having to show empathy towards the, the child or my teammate that has actually helped me become more successful, both on, uh, on the training pitch, on, you know, in my personal game, and then on, uh, on the coaching side of it for the kids. 
I think that's interesting you bring that up. I kind of feel the same way in terms of my coaching versus playing. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed once I started working with goalkeepers more, I noticed myself saying a lot of the same things over and over again. And a lot of it was geared towards my goalkeepers getting pretty frustrated every time they would make a mistake. And I would often be like, look, you're going to make mistakes. It's how you learn from them. It's how you bounce back from them. It's how you react to them. That's going to help you grow as a goalkeeper and grow as a person ultimately. But like, you can't get upset every time you make a mistake because they're going to happen. Let's work towards you correcting the technique issue, whatever it is, and therefore limiting the mistakes. And then I, I started like, in in professional training i started thinking like why don't i do that for myself why is it every time i make a st- mistake i'm like am i as good as i think am i questioning myself right. am, am, am i really at a level that i think i'm at and then i've noticed over the past couple of years it's more so in training for me i'm i'm calmer i i don't react to mistakes as much i kind of just bounce back and go to the next next rep because you know that's what i teach my kids and that's what i need to do for myself in order to help myself get better obviously you want to limit mis- mistakes but mistakes happen they happen everywhere and so you learn from without them and you doubt. move on without doubt and i think i i call myself a couple times uh, the years past, especially the children, like I was saying, you know, that do come to the game to watch, um, you know, say if they're, if they're, you know, visibly upset at making a mistake in our training session, I'll stop the session and I'll say to them, you watched the game at the weekend. You saw me get beat, right? Uh, I made a mistake here. Uh, you know, I'm not perfect. And it's, and it's a, it's a, it's a very humanizing way through experience to get through to the child because they feel like you, like you alluded to that uh, we can't, you can't ever make mistakes. Well, life is all about mistakes. Football is a game of mistakes. Um, And and to be able to use and and kind of rely on those personal experiences uh, seems to really help get through to the child and actually takes a, uh, a huge pressure off of them because they, they can look at, you know, uh, Brandon Miller, they can look at Cody Lorendi and say, hey, those guys are established professionals who have been doing this for a very, very long time. And you know what? They still make mistakes. So, you you know, obviously, we, like you said, we want to limit the mistakes, but mistakes are inevitable. You know, uh, I think uh, I, I think being able to use our life experience uh, is, is a teacher that that is is very uh, is very rare. And uh, it's something that I've realized. Uh, in, in the past few years it's such a valuable tool to get through to the next generation well i really hope my listeners understand what you're saying and really take that in because it's not just coming from me it's coming from an experienced goalkeeper who's played at the professional level for a while played at the international level mistakes are gonna happen you just gotta learn from them and move on so that, exactly you know, i appreciate that tidbit so let's let's talk about your career a bit more. You've you've played yeah. for how many teams now? Oh, I think probably um, this is, the OKC Energy. I think is like my seventh team or eighth team that I played for. So um, you've, you have a lot of experience, obviously. Yeah, I I don't have the the necessary the normal, if you will, uh, heavy air quotes here, uh, path to being a professional. I didn't go to a big school. I was actually going to go to college to play football. I was going to go to North Carolina State to play football as a punter and a tight end. Uh, late in the process of the recruiting, 
uh, I was offered a soccer scholarship. Soccer was obviously my first love. So I went to a small junior college, uh, South Georgia College, went there for a year. Um, after that experience, decided it wasn't for me. I uh, moved back home. I was actually out of the game for a while, um, a year and a half. I worked at an architectural firm. Uh, and it was the, still to this day the greatest life experience, life motivation that I've had by having to get up every day and you know do something that I'm not passionate about to make ends meet. Um, so I worked there for about a year and a half. Uh, got to the got to the end of it really just mentally and just was really kind of evaluating my life's trajectory and where I wanted to to go on my I knew uh, where I was was not where I intended to, to to be for a long time. So I had always wanted to become a professional uh, side friend. This was let's see, this is probably around 2007, um, and didn't really know how to get there. But through connections I made through through my uh, youth coaches, I was able to get an opportunity over in Belgium. So moved to Belgium. I was 18 at the time. Uh, playing in third division. I was going to school over there, so I was on a student visa. Uh, played there for two and a half years. Wasn't able to reobtain my student visa uh, to return for a third year. Um, from there, I went to an open trial with uh, the Puerto Rico Islanders. Invited into preseason that year, um, and that was 2010. Signed a contract with them. Was with the Puerto Rico Islanders 2010, 11, and 12. The team then wound up folding at the end of uh, 2012. I was a free agent. I went to the preseason with the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Um, signed a year contract with the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. And in my first match with them, I uh, sustained a lacerated kidney. Uh, I took a knee in the back, and uh, I was out for 10 months. So I was rehabbing from that. Um, and then saw that uh, a you know familiar name in the soccer world, Carlos Bocanegra, was putting on a camp out in California. Uh, so I you know paid my paid my dues literally by flying out there, putting you know going into the hotel, trained with them for a few days, uh, knowing that there were going going to be scouts there. It is such that, you know, Chivas USA and Los Angeles Galaxy scouts were going to be there. So I went out there. Um, I did did well and got the opportunity to come into preseason with, preseason with the LA Galaxy. Uh, signed with the Galaxy 2 that year and through some unfortunate events with uh, the goalkeepers that were in front of me, I was able to string together a pretty solid season of 20-plus games. Uh, was then released from the LA Galaxy. Uh, signed shortly after with the Austin Aztecs. Played one season for them, and that team wound up folding. Uh, became a free agent, and shortly after that, Jimmy Nielsen, who is a uh, former uh, goalkeeping great for Sporting Kansas City, amongst other teams, um, called me up and, and wanted to sign me, and that was three years ago, and I've been in OKC ever since. That is quite a journey right there. So you <laughs> yeah. covered a lot right there. So I want to pick and, and choose a few spots in there to to yeah. talk about a little bit. So your experience overseas, how was that? Oh, it was the best. It, and it was the best because it was the most uncomfortable. Um, coming, I'm born and raised Floridian. So I've never even experienced a proper winter. 
Um, I was never in a in, in a in a place to use another language. I was never in a place where I needed to use another monetary system. So all of these things that were so uncomfortable were the best things that could have ever happened because I was really forced to kind of find out who I was as a person, not just as a footballer, and to really get confirmation that being a professional uh, was what I wanted to do with my life because we had the, I had tons of examples of, of, of guys who were over there because they liked the idea of being a professional athlete. Um, you know, the time, I would go back to the time. It's the one thing that we can't get back. You know, time away from, from loved ones, time away from friends, um, life experiences. All, all of my peers, all of my friends were in college and they were, you know, enjoying their college years at that time. So, you know, it was, uh, there were some lonely times, uh, I'll be honest with you. It was uh, a lot of, you know, questions and do, is, is this what I want to do with my life? And, all that normal stuff that I think anybody any anybody will go through, um, but without a doubt, I always came back to the point of yes, this is exactly what I want to do. So, uh, obviously, like you said, there's there's multiple times where you thought, is this what you wanted to do? Um, is this the right path for me? And so, you've dealt with a couple injuries in your career, most recently this past season, correct? Yes. Yeah. I just. So, just recently came back from a uh, um, from a from a torn PCL, torn MCL. Uh, what else? Uh, torn, slightly torn meniscus. It was it, it was a bad injury. So just talk about a little bit um, what it's like to come back from injury. What it's like dealing with that. You're out. How long? Um, I was out ten months. So like how how yeah, it is. You're, you know, you're not in with the team training and everything. So talk about like mentally how it was to get back from that. Yeah, me- mentally it was, it, it was tough. It was, um, but having said that, I kind of took the the mindset of 1% better every single day. Um, if I could do a little bit more than I did the day before. And I'm talking about, you know, little things like um, range of motion where I'm able to bend my knee uh, or bend my leg, I should say. Um, or maybe one more assisted squat at rehab. You know, some something like a, a, a attainable, small attainable goal that when you put enough of those goals together, you get the the big goal takes care of itself. So that that's the that's the mindset that I took into it. Obviously, at first I was you know crushed. I, I was thinking, okay, maybe this is it. Maybe, uh, you know, I've had a great career, nothing to be ashamed of. I, I have achieved what I've set out to do and, and call it a day. Um, but, you know, you, your self-belief comes back. Um, your confidence comes back with every small stride that you make in the right direction. And uh, you, keep the, you keep the right people around you. You keep the right uh, uh, people that are, that are good for your mental health. Uh, I obviously have a very... Uh, grateful for the family that I have at home, and then the family that I've surrounded myself uh, here at, with at the Energy. You know, I um, I think that that is that is just as important as anything else. So yeah, that that was my that was my mindset. Um, and then as I as I got closer to getting cleared, uh, I, I I felt as back to normal as I possibly could. And, and then obviously coming in. 
and getting you know ten games under my belt this year, um, and, and helping the team you know, by doing my part, uh, really really helped me mentally. Yeah, I think people. The hard thing for people to understand is everyone knows when you get injured, the physical uh, rebound from it is going to be tough, but more so the mental aspect of not just getting through the rehab, the days off the field, not being as connected with the team, but then once you get back into it, trying to get as comfortable as you can in the goal, mentally having the confidence to step in and make saves. Like that's a big part of it. And it's it's a tough part, tough thing to get back. I, I know with one of the goalkeepers that I work with right now, she's been injured. Uh, she'd been injured for a few months and she still isn't back to to where she was and it's the most frustrating thing for her but I tell her like I've been through it before you've been through it for her mm-hmm. plenty of goalkeepers have been through it before it's hard to get back into it and get that rhythming in, and most importantly get that confidence and so that's what I try and instill in her like take your time uh, it's gonna come but you can't get frustrated and you can't like want to give up so I think a story like that with you where you've been through multiple injuries that little one percent every single day is something that these young kids need to hear yeah yeah for, for sure and that's the other thing is that I think um, you know it's not something that is instant uh, I wouldn't call it instant gratification but it's not gonna happen overnight so as long as you can have that mental or, or, or that proper mental vision that you know Rome wasn't built in a day, if you will. So to get back to where you were, it's going to take small incremental steps that will lead to the big goal. But without those incremental steps, there is no big goal. Yeah, I agree. That's that's great advice. So let's talk about, in your own words, how did you become somewhat of a cult hero in Oklahoma City? <laughs> The, the whole my, the look of my beard, oh, I guess if people aren't aware, um, I have uh, long hair, and I do a top knot, and I also have a fairly big beard. Um, and I'm a big guy to begin with, so um, it doesn't necessarily fit my personality. I'm more of a, you know, smiling type of, I give a lot of hugs, man. I let other people know how I feel type of personality. Um, but it, it indirectly, I think, helps image of, uh, of, of a goalkeeper because it, it's intense and uh, it's funny that you, that you said that is because some of the kids that I coach uh, hear stories from their parents about the initial meeting uh, between me and them. Uh, some of the kids don't want to get out of the car because I look mean. Uh, I have to laugh <laughs> because I'm, I, I think I'm the furthest thing from a mean person that there is. So, um, so this, this whole look started in Oklahoma City. I was growing my hair out prior to that, but didn't really have too much of a beard or anything like that. Um, but, look, it reflects, it, it reflects positively on the organization, um, but I also am aware that we're in the entertainment business. And if, uh, if I'm able to bring a little bit more promotion uh, to the club, um, that's a, it's a mutually beneficial aspect uh, of what what we do as professional athletes, and uh, and it, it, it it's been nothing but a good thing. So again, the, the people here have been so incredibly kind to me, not only to me but to my family, uh, to my girlfriend, to to, to everybody, and uh, I think my play 
and our play as a team as a whole over the past few years has reflected how we are treated here. People uh, may overlook Oklahoma City as, as one of the flyover states, but we have a lot, a lot of good things going for us as a city, and uh, I just want to continue my play, our play as a team, to reflect uh, all those good feelings I have towards them. And I'm sure you're pretty visible in the community working with the young kids. They recognize the beard. They recognize the hair. And once they get to know you, obviously, they figure out you're not intimidating. So uh, I I just noticed over the years that you've been a visible face, not just in Oklahoma City, but throughout the U.S. So, so I, I just wanted to see from your perspective what you thought really triggered most of that. I think um, consistency. That's, I think, what everybody is after. Solid, consistent play. I know coaches look at players, and uh, they, I've always heard from multiple coaches that they prefer to have a, a, a level six or level seven player than have that same player be a one for one game and a ten the next game, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that was the precursor to kind of a little bit of, uh, of the notoriety if you will, was consistent play above all. And then once you are uh, consistent um, on a year-in, year-out basis, then the, the whole entertainment the vision of it comes into play. So that consistency has led to international call-ups, right? Yes, yes. As a, uh, my, my first call-up was last year. And what was that like? What was take us through that that first call up? The I guess receiving the email, phone call uh, about being called up to the national team, do that first trip. You know the experience. I know it's got to be uh, a pretty humbling thing to get that first call. So what was that like? Yeah, it was it it was so cool. Um, in years past, and I'll give you a little, little breakdown of it. I I represent Puerto Rico uh, national. I am not Puerto Rican by heritage, but because I did live down there for three years uh, while I was playing, um, and it is a Commonwealth of the United States, I am able to represent them on a national level. So I received a phone call uh, last season that the team was going to be playing in an international friendly against Indonesia in Indonesia, uh, and I was I was stoked. I was so so excited. So. Uh, you know, obviously receiving the first emails, the first phone correspondence. Um, it was uh, it, it was a very humbling opportunity. Um, obviously, as of late, uh, my, this first call up happened prior to the hurricane. Uh, so, you know, that that takes on a whole new meaning of uh, of the culture and the people and, and the rebuilding efforts and. Uh, something that, that I was so, so excited and so honored to be a part of. So, you know, Indonesia is in a short flight away, so I flew from OKC after playing uh, on a Wednesday night at home against Arizona. I flew Thursday morning from Oklahoma to Miami, uh, met up with the team in Miami, flew from Miami to Doha uh, in the Middle East, and then from Doha to Jakarta with a short flight after we landed in Jakarta to Yoga Park, which is where the game was. Uh, we stayed there for about a week. We played one Saturday with a local team. And then the game, I believe it was the game on Saturday night, 12-hour time difference. So parents uh, were up bright and early for that. 
and it was it was such a great experience. We wound up tying the game zero zero. Um, personally, I did I did good. I had a couple good saves, um, but it was just a it was just a very cool experience. Something that I will never ever forget. And uh, you know, I think you know as well as anybody, what we do is so front loaded uh, in terms of leaders being able to do it that. At this point in my career, when I thought when I got my first opportunity, close to 30 years of age, to go experience international play, um, it's something that I will, wasn't and will never ever take for granted. I find it personally awesome to see every single time there's an international break, the number of uh, USO call-ups that there are to various national teams. It it just shows the quality in the league and more specifically the quality of goalkeeping that there is in the league, that there's multiple goalkeepers being called up to multiple national teams and performing at such a high level. So, I I mean, I'm not being called up to the national team, but I, it gives me a certain sense of pride that goalkeepers in the league that I perform in um, are doing things at an international level because I've always said I think there's a a lot of great goalkeepers in this league and especially over the past couple years the league has grown so much in in terms of its talent and no more so than at the goalkeeping position I think there's quality goalkeepers all over the field whether they're starting whether they're backups there's around the league there's quality goalkeeping and I and I love that on the international level is being recognized yeah without a doubt that's a, that's another huge aspect is that you know uh, personal accomplishments aside I take I take great pride in, in knowing that we play in such a strong league and, and like you said each team, it seems like each team has, has, has some quality goalkeeping uh, throughout the week. Um, and that is something that when you do, and you see these breakdowns of you know 20 plus USL players being brought in for, for the national team, you're absolutely right, man. The, the quality in this league, uh, in my opinion, needs to get slept on a little bit. Obviously, we're not the we're not the MLS, we're not the, the the quote-unquote uh, first division, if you will. But, man, there's some, there's some excellent, excellent play uh, all over the field uh, in this league. Yeah, and I think that listeners, uh, people who don't quite, don't quite follow the USL, they've got to give it an opportunity and see what kind of quality is here, see what the product is on the field, and kind of judge for themselves. But I think they would be pleasantly surprised with what, they, what they'll find out. But, Cody, I want to thank you for coming on, man. I think that's all, that's all I had for you. Um, you want to you wanna promote Myriad a little bit? Let, it, let the people know how they can get in contact with you guys, follow you guys, and then see what you're all about? Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, my Instagram is uh, Cody, C-O-D-Y. Lorendi, L-E-U-R-E-N-D is in David I. And then um, Myriad, Myriad Soccer Training is the Instagram handle, M-Y-R-I-A-D, Soccer Training, all one word. Uh, Instagram is probably the best way to, uh, to keep up with us. Um, and like I said, you know, we're, we're now in the off-season months, uh, and I'm going to be sticking around in OKC. So look out for, for more content brought to you by myself and, and Sean McFaul. Um, and, and yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it, man. Well, I'll be following you guys. I wish you all the best, uh, tell Sean, I said hello. And again, I appreciate you coming on sharing 
the wisdom, your story, helping out the young goalkeepers. Hopefully they'll take at least a little bit of what you said and, and try and apply it to their games, to their life, and hopefully learn and grow as goalkeepers. So I appreciate it, and I look forward to speaking again soon in the future. Brandon, thank you so much for the time, my man. Of course, man. Take care. That was OKC Energy goalkeeper Cody Lorendi. Another great interview with an, a great goalkeeping mind, a great goalkeeper in the USL, and a great goalkeeper coach working with Mirage Soccer Training. So you guys, you know, check him out. Check out his brand. Check out what they're doing for the soccer community out there in Oklahoma City. And again, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns for for the podcast, the Last Line Soccer Podcast, or if you have any concerns or questions for Cody, you know, find him on Instagram, find him on social media, and you can do the same for us. Shoot us a message uh, at primefocusgoalkeeping.com, or you can head to our Instagram page, Twitter page, Facebook, Prime Focus GK. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and keep your eyes out for the next episode coming soon. This is the Last Line Soccer Podcast presented to you by Prime Focus Goalkeeping and the Beautiful Game Network. Take care, guys.